thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Question of the week from the Naked Scientists. Hello and welcome to Question of the Week. I'm Julia Ravy and this week we've been looking into a Pomodoro problem from Jodie. Which has the lowest carbon footprint? A punnet of tomatoes from the supermarket or those grown in a grow bag in my garden? Now, I'm a terrible gardener and can just about keep a houseplant alive, but somewhat controversially, tomatoes are my favourite food of all time. From cherry to heritage to tins for pasta sauce, I eat and therefore buy a lot of them. I reached out to Dr. Samarthia Thankapan from the Department of Environment and Geography, University of York, to find out the answer to this question and whether I need to up my horticultural skills. For most foods, significant greenhouse gas emissions result from land use change, which involves above-ground changes in biomass and below-ground changes in soil carbon, as well as from the processes at the farm stage, which include the application of fertilisers and pesticides. The combined land use and farm stage emissions account for more than 80% of the footprint for most foods. 80%, that is a huge proportion. This comes down to the use of products like chemical fertiliser. Globally, millions of metric tonnes of this are used every year. While fertiliser promotes the healthy growth of food products like fruit and vegetables by providing them with essential nutrients, its generation contributes significantly to greenhouse gas emissions. Transport, retail and packaging account for a small share of the total footprint. In the case of tomatoes, the production system or how the tomatoes are grown is important. Tomatoes like to grow in warm and sunny conditions, which in the UK are few and far between for most of the year. This means in the colder months, our supermarkets are stocked with tomatoes imported from countries with warmer climates. Would it just be better to grow our own tomatoes in the UK all year round? Out-of-season tomatoes grown under heated greenhouses add significantly to greenhouse gas emissions. And this contribution typically overshadows the carbon footprint of tomatoes imported from long distances from warmer production regions. This means locally produced tomatoes grown in greenhouses in colder seasons will have a higher carbon footprint than field-grown tomatoes shipped from long distances. Another important consideration for this carbon conundrum are the components the grow bag is made up of. Many of these bags contain peat, which helps the tomatoes to grow. But using peat is a major problem when considering carbon footprint, as its harvesting leads to the release of carbon dioxide. Sadly, this is an issue across the food production industry, including with commercially grown crops. So it's difficult to say if the tomatoes on our supermarket shelves were grown in more or less peaty conditions. 
So, with all of that information in mind... The lowest carbon footprint would be the tomatoes grown in a grow bag in your garden, assuming you have not placed the grow bag in a heated greenhouse, compared to the ones bought from the supermarket. Overall, if you're growing your tomatoes on your window ledge, in a greenhouse or out in the garden without help from an energy-guzzling greenhouse lamp, the footprint on those tomatoes should be smaller than the packets you can pick up at the supermarket, which means I definitely need to up my green finger game. Thank you to Josie for your question and to Dr. Samarthia Thankappen for weeding out the truth for us. Next week, we've got a question which is out of this world from Matt. Early commercial flights were scheduled and had air traffic control, but pilots were allowed a fair amount of latitude in the early days, which resulted in some mid-air collisions. I was wondering, with three space missions currently converging on Mars, how do the nations involved avoid orbital collisions? Do they share data? Do they have transponders or space traffic control? Thank you. Do you have any thoughts on potential space crashes? If so, tweet us at Naked Scientists or head on over to our forum where you can discuss this question. And if you have any questions you want answering, send them in to us on chris at nakedscientists.com. On that note, I better get growing. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.